Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Psalm 62, and we're going to read verse 1 and 2, and verse 6 and 7 from the book of Psalms 62, and I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2, and of the same psalm, Verse 6 and 7, the psalmist says the following in verse 1 and 2, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Please notice the statement that the psalmist makes. He says, God is my fortress where I will never be shaken. I believe when we have faith in God's grace, we are empowered to such an extent where we can make such bold and daring declarations that others could easily mistake for being arrogant or prideful. That is the declaration of the psalmist. He boldly declares that he will never be shaken. And he repeats this declaration again in verse 6 and 7. He goes on to say, He alone is my rock, and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. Where I will not be shaken. Tremendous testimony or a, a tremendous declaration that is filled with faith that the psalmist makes here. So, what I want to talk to you uh, this afternoon is having faith in God's grace. Faith in God's grace. Now, in a world that is constantly being shaken, we can confidently make the same declaration of faith that we will never be shaken if our faith is in God alone. You ask the question, how is it possible to live in a world where everything right now is being shaken, things are constantly being shifted, with you without ever being shaken? It is possible, the psalmist says, if we have faith in God's grace or having confidence in the God of grace. 
1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The one who overcomes the world, according to the Scripture, is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we see here that faith in God's grace empowers us in such a way so that we could live a supernatural life in the most natural way. That's what the psalmist teaches. You see, no one understood the subject of grace more than the Apostle Paul did. The gospel he received from the Lord Jesus and the gospel he preached was the gospel of the grace of God. And throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Paul establishes the principle that the just shall live by faith in God's grace. The just are those who have been born again by the Spirit of God. They have been justified through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. And he establishes this principle throughout the New Testament that those of us who have been justified, we must live by faith in God's grace. When the believer strayed from this principle, like the Galatians did, Paul labored to help them see truth and return from their deception. Not only are we saved by faith in His grace, but we are to live by faith in the grace of God. And this is how the Lord, I believe, intends for every child of His to live day by day. Not by self-effort, not by having confidence in our own abilities or in our own flesh, not by placing ourselves under man-made rules and regulations, but live by faith in the grace of God. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We can also say it this way, not by might, not by power, but by my grace, says the Lord of hosts. So relying on His grace daily to work in us and through us, that which is pleasing to the Father in heaven. Remember that grace is a person. And that person lives within us, and his name is Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So it is the grace of God working in us, the willingness, as well as the doing. It is he who works in us when we put our faith and our trust in Him from day to day. 
You see, God places no limits to what His grace is capable of doing in us and through us. There are no limitations. That's why Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, all things means all things. There are no impossibilities for the child of God who relies on the grace of God, who has his confidence in God's grace, who is alive within him, and he who is at work within him. A life that is lived by faith in God's grace knows no restrictions, no limitations, and no lack. Praise God forevermore. That's what His grace is able to do in you and through you. The only person who can limit and frustrate the grace of God is ourselves. Not even the devil can stop the grace of God from working in you. No one can hinder or frustrate the grace except ourselves. And the way we do that is by placing our confidence in the flesh rather than in His grace. That's the only way we can frustrate the power, the grace, and the presence of God from working in us and through us. And those who have learned to live by faith in His grace, can adjust to any and every circumstance of life. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They will never be shaken. They will never be moved, regardless of the circumstances they may find themselves in. They have learned to adjust and to flow with whatever situation they find themselves in. And the grace of God enables them to do that. Listen to what Paul said to the Philippians, speaking about himself, finding himself in so many different situations and sometimes adverse situations, challenges. He says, I have learned... And that is something that all of us need to learn through practice. How do you learn to drive? By practicing. How do you learn to do uh, anything in life? You practice. The more you practice, the more you learn. The more you practice, the more you learn. And so Paul says, I have learned. What has he learned? That in whatever state I am, to be content, he says. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned. What a wonderful lesson for us to learn. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, the grace of God was sufficient for Paul, and it is sufficient for us, that no matter where we are in life, no matter what the enemy throws at us, 
no matter what the challenges we face, the grace of God, once we learn to rely day by day on the grace of God, we are able to overcome every situation. So we can confidently say that by the grace of God, we are empowered to live a supernatural life in the most natural way. Can you say amen? Praise God. So knowing who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us is the key to living this life of faith. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, he makes a very powerful statement. And I want you to listen with the ears of your spirit. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Notice what Paul says here. I am what I am by the grace of God. We also need to have a revelation of the grace of God and what His grace has done for us. Who has the grace of God made me to be? You see, we didn't make ourselves. God made us. He says we are new creations created in Christ Jesus. He made us righteousness in Christ by His grace. So we need to ask yourself, ask ourselves, who has the grace of God made me to be? And there's nothing uh, to boast about. If we're going to boast, we're going to boast in what the grace of God has done. If you want to know who you are and what the grace of God has done for you and what you are capable of, you need to ask the one who made you. No one knows the product like the manufacturer does. He knows you better than you know yourself. And we must come to the place where we recognize and believe what the grace of God has done for each and every one of us. And what the grace of God is continually doing in us and through us. 1 John 4 says, For you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because... He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Here you see, the, the Word of God says that God's grace has made you a child of the Most High God. The Word also says that the grace of God has already made you an overcomer. Because the greater one lives within you. It's not just who you are, but who lives in you. Amen? We are who we are by the grace of God. Who you are 
is defined by the one who is alive in you. He defines you. Amen? Not the world. Not anyone else. No one can define you except the grace of God. That's the true definition of who you are. Paul says, not I, but the grace of God who is with me. In other words, he was who he was because of the grace of God that was at work in him. Amen. And he never took credit for what he did. He says, I labored more than all of them. It's talking about the rest of the apostles. Yet not I, he says, but the grace of God that was with me. So he qualifies that. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, pay attention to this, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. A powerful statement here. Not only are you a child of God and an overcomer in Christ, but you are also the beloved of God in Christ. So the world does not know you. So it's foolish to look to the world for recognition or affirmation because they are ignorant of who you are. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. The problem with believers today is that they are looking to the world for, for what only the grace of God is able to give them. Looking to the world for affirmation. Looking to the world for recognition. That is foolishness. Because the world does not know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know your capabilities. They don't know anything about you. All they see is your flesh. What you look like on the outside. They don't know who you are on the inside. And who you are on the inside is what really matters. Know what the color of your skin is, not what your height is. Amen? Are you listening to me? We must know ourselves the way the grace of God knows us. That is knowing ourselves in the Spirit. So stop looking to the world because the world has no idea who you are. The world cannot explain you. The world cannot define who you are and what you are capable of. You want to know who you are? You've got to look to God and to the grace of God whom God has made you. We are His workmanship, the Bible says, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Amen? We are to know ourselves as God knows us. Who are we? Who are we? Who are you? You know, a lot of people today, you hear people that gone out into the world to discover themselves. Even believers. I've got to go and find myself. You don't have to go very far to find out who you are. 
All you need to do is look to the grace of God. If you're a child of God, look to the Word of God, and the Word will define who you really are. You don't need to go out there and try and experiment this and that to discover who you really are. That's foolishness. Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Another translation says, a species of being that has never existed before. No wonder the world does not know you. All things have passed away. Behold all things within you, within your spirit. That's who you really are, have become new. That's what the Bible says. So I'd rather believe the Bible than anyone else. The Bible says we are new creations in Christ. And as new creations, we are made the righteousness of God. This is what the grace of God has done for you, child of God. He made you righteous. Jesus on the cross took your sin and your unrighteousness, and he gave you as a gift his rope of righteousness. Oh man, this ought to cause us to jump for joy every single day. Knowing that I have been made the righteousness of God. Righteousness is an old English word which simply means I am in right standing with God. Nothing stands between me and God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I am washed, I am cleansed, I am sanctified, I am redeemed, praise God. And nothing stands between me and my Heavenly Father. That's who I am. Therefore, I can approach the throne of grace with great boldness and faith and receive from God my Heavenly Father because He made me worthy. One of the reasons that people don't receive answers to the prayers is because they do not believe they are worthy to receive the blessing of the Lord. And we need to put away that kind of thinking, that kind of image, that kind of inner picture that is filled with unworthiness and guilt and shame. God has delivered you and set you free from all guilt, from all shame. He took it away on the cross of Calvary. And it's time we come to the place where we believe that God's grace has made us righteous, sanctified us, made us holy in His sight, without blame, without fault, without spot. Praise God. That's who we are. So when you know who you are, a child of God, loved and accepted, you can approach God with great boldness. Come boldly, he said, to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. He didn't say come begging. He didn't say come crawling. He didn't say come crying. He said come boldly and obtain, receive the grace, receive the mercy of the Lord because Jesus made you worthy by shedding his own precious blood. What a blessing. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. So let's go on discovering 
what the grace of God has already done for us. And Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 7 describes the work of grace that God has already accomplished in us. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. God has already blessed you. He's not going to bless you. We live life from the blessing, not striving to be blessed, but believing that we are blessed. Amen? He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. This is the work of grace, folks. That is why we say we have faith in the grace of God. Please notice that the grace of God did for us what He did. He said, blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are chosen. We are holy and without blame. We have been adopted as sons of God, sons and daughters. We have been accepted. The grace of God has made us acceptable to God. You don't have to perform to be accepted. Christ did all that was needed to be done for God to accept you. All you need to do is to believe what the grace of God has already done. We are redeemed. Not going to be. We are now redeemed. Forgiven. So knowing the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from every thought of failure. Free from every thought of insecurity, inferiority, every thought of guilt and every thought of shame. You are set free when you begin to believe and have faith in what the grace of God has done for you. That is the cure. Amen? That is the solution to the way you feel sometimes. You need to reject every thought that is contrary to what God is saying. Knowing the truth will set you free. That's what Jesus said. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In addition to all of that, we have been given the grace of God to work in us and through us that which is pleasing to the Father. Imagine that. The Bible says, He who believes has ceased from his own works. Amen? 
We rest in the grace of God. We constantly look to the grace of God. We constantly inquire of the grace of God to release His life through us. We need to understand that we don't need anything else beside the grace of God. Nothing more. Because His grace is sufficient. The Bible says that God's grace is all sufficient. And when Paul asked the Lord three times, he begged God to remove the thorn from his flesh, which, by the way, was an angel of Satan that was sent to torment Paul on his journeys. And the Lord said to Paul that his grace was enough and sufficient for him to overcome. Paul, in his own writings, he writes and he says in 2 Corinthians 12, concerning this thing, in other words, that messenger of Satan that was sent to torment him, to trouble him. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul discovered the secret. Therefore, he says, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak in the flesh, he says, the grace of God is strong in me. So, <clears throat> You see, when Paul was surrounded with insults, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties, he thought that, God, do something. Remove this satanic messenger from me. Like most of us are praying at times, Lord, take this thing away from me. Take this test. Take this trial. Take this child. Change this person. Change this situation. But all the time, God wants to teach us how to learn to rely on His grace rather than asking Him to remove the problem or remove the challenge or remove that difficult person from our lives. God put that person there in order to teach you how to rely on the grace of God and overcome. So stop asking God to remove the problem. Rather, ask Him to give you wisdom how to cooperate with the grace of God that is within you, enabling you to overcome and triumph in the situation. Amen. Praise God. I trust you are hearing what the Spirit is endeavoring to communicate to all of us today. The Father pointed Paul to His grace who was more than enough to overcome whatever the messenger of Satan threw at him. Amen. There is one thing we need to understand. God has not removed evil from the world but He did give us His grace to overcome it. The power of evil is broken, but God did not remove, not the devil, not evil from the world. Instead, He gave us the antidote. He gave us His grace 
to overcome the evil one, to overcome any and everything the enemy throws at us. The Bible teaches that Christ, through his sacrifice on the cross, defeated Satan once and for all and all of his cohorts. The power of evil was broken, but was not removed from our world, not yet anyway, until his lease expires. Evil is still present, manifesting itself in different forms and different shapes, but we have been given the grace of God to enforce its defeat and overcome it in the sphere of our influence. We have been given that authority where in our sphere that we have influence. And we need to take up that authority, exercise our authority, and overcome it. Kick it out. Kick him out wherever you find him. You have that authority to do it as long as it's in your sphere of influence. And I'm saying it again. God does not remove the tests and the trials we may face from time to time, but he does give us the grace to overcome and triumph in it. Amen? That's why Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I believe that we can excel in every place the Lord has placed us and overcome whatever the devil or this world throws at us by learning. That's why Paul says, I have learned to cooperate with the grace of God. I have learned not to frustrate the grace of God in me. I've learned to work together with His grace. When I am weak, then His grace is strong within me. A good example of this is Joseph in the Old Covenant. And he didn't know what you and I know today. Everything that could have been thrown against Joseph was thrown at him. But over and over again, we read in Joseph's testimony, the Lord was with Joseph. In other words, the grace of God. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And again, Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Paul was another example. Listen to how he describes our victory over all of the things the enemy throws at us. Psalm, Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things, how many things? All these things. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, through the grace of God within us. More than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but more than. I say again, knowing who we are in Christ, 
and who Christ is in us and what the grace of God has given us is the key to living by faith in His grace. The things we are hearing tonight and the things we are learning need to be exercised from day to day and practiced in our everyday living. We need to constantly remind ourselves of the Christ and the grace of God who lives in us and what He has done on the cross of Calvary. That's why Jesus said, it is finished, nothing more to be added. God's grace empowers you, provides for all your needs. His grace protects you from all evil. His grace surrounds you with favor like a shield, according to the word. His grace enables you to do all things. And if God is for you, who can be against you? We need to be declaring boldly, daily, I am of God and I have overcome the world because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am a believer in God's grace. I'm not a doubter because I believe. And because I believe these signs follow me. Unless you start declaring this, believing this, no sign is going to follow you. Jesus said, in my name you will cast out demons, you will speak with new tongues, you will lay hands on the sick and they do recover. Amen. When you confront it with the sick person, trust the grace of God within you to give you direction how to pray for that person. And boldly say, can I pray for you? The grace of God within me can heal you. The grace of God within me can deliver you from all depression, from all demonic activity. Not me, but the grace of God in me can do all these things for you. Amen. Because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, I have the wisdom of God. Praise God forevermore. Therefore, I make wise decisions. I am led, I'm guided by His Spirit. Therefore, I am not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So faith in God's grace requires us to believe and declare boldly who we are, who Christ is in us, what we have because of Christ, and what we can do through Christ Jesus, who lives within us. That is the gospel, folks. That's good news all around. There is no bad news in what I've shared with you. It's all good. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the grace that you have so richly bestowed upon us. The grace of God. We thank you. Teach us to cooperate with your grace within us, Lord. Teach us not to frustrate your grace, but to work together with the grace so that we are able to glorify you the way you desire and represent you in this world 
For your word declares that as he is, so are we in this world. And may, Father, we represent you adequately, correctly, through Jesus Christ our Lord and the grace that we have so richly received in his name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.